Hey guys, welcome to Na 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 Podcast, the Batman podcast where people hate Batman. We are covering every Batman movie ever made from 1943 to the present. I'm Danny, and Chelsea is hopefully asleep right now. This is this is very late at night when I'm recording this. I sh- I should be in bed right now. We are covering the 1943 Batman serial right now. Our initial conversation about this ended up being so long we decided to split it into two parts. So let's just jump right into the second part of our coverage of the 1943 Batman serial. It's really popular with college kids. I was watching this and I, it occurred to me that this was like, this would have been the, the Batman that my grandfather knew when he was, like, like exactly my age. He would have been 26 when this came out. Right. And I don't know that my grandfather had any interest in Batman, and I totally see why. Yeah, you can't blame him. I, this, if this is what you think Batman is, yeah. this is shitty. So there were a lot of people that were like, uh, this guy, this is not how Batman is in the comics. Like, this is stupid, we feel let down. Yeah. But... <laughs> All the college campuses. I don't know if they were going to make fun of it or if they were just like so bored or maybe just making out with people again. <laughs> they just saw all the Japanese people and like, ooh, let's make out. Exactly. That must have been a big turnoff for 1943 Americans. Uh, but it was popular enough to have a sequel. Yeah. Do you think people felt like it was shitty back then? I thought about that a lot while I was watching it. Right. Because, like, even now, sometimes I'll watch movies from, like, the 80s even and be like, yeah. wow, this was, like, Poltergeist. Watching Poltergeist. Yeah. That was, like, amazing special effects that terrified everyone. Now you watch it and you're like, what? But beyond even just the special effects, and clearly those are bad. Very bad. But, like, the acting, like, Batman has a very thick Boston accent. Right. In this. I don't... And he went to school for acting. He has yeah. a, a four-year degree in acting. Right. The motivations don't make any sense. None of the accents are, are good. In right. This. The motivations don't make sense. This is just boring. The only thing I can think is that because it's a serial, it was meant to be played like before slash between movies. Right. So they probably didn't put that much effort into it in general. Right. They were just supposed to be like moderately entertaining. So do you think people were going to movies to see this, or they just happened to see this? I think it probably worked that they were going to see a movie and this is like what came on before the movie or if they were watching two movies that came on in between and I think it was what was like these, the purpose of these was to try to get people interested and want to come back to see a movie the next week because they were only there for a week so it was probably a way to increase movie revenue in general I kind of wonder if there weren't a lot of people being like, oh we gotta get there early make sure we get we see all of Citizen Kane and you get there like, oh, fuck. It's Batman! <laughs> oh, God damn it. Oh, you know geez, what, though? Yeah. Maybe that's why everyone is um, convinced that Citizen Kane is the best movie of all time. It's because <laughs> it's it came after Batman. Yeah. yeah. I I can tell least I think, I'm not a big Citizen Kane fan. But if they're comparing it to shit like this, right. I can totally see yeah. how Citizen Kane blew yeah. everyone away. I, don't, I think I, I like Citizen Kane, but I think I would like it better as a book. 
You know, I just like sometimes I get lost in the narrative of the of the movie. Like I get it, but I also am just like. I have the stupidest taste in movies. So like any movie before like 1980, it's just boring to me. I just can't. That's not. That's a dumb. That's not true at all. I was gonna say that can't be possible. No, there's so many. There's a lot of good movies before that. That was a dumb statement. But I get what you're saying. Like that, a lot of like older movies, especially the black and whites. Yeah, there's a lot of black and white movies. A lot of movies from the '70s I find so slow, and a lot of movies from before then are are also very slow. Right. Just in general. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I, I find also just the sometimes I have trouble relating to. Movies from this period, like the just the values of, like I feel like so many people. There's kind of the uh, the, the George Bailey type thing with, with this Batman too, where he's just. I feel like he's just constantly confused and like slightly angry about everything. Right. And he's just like, well, yeah, you, women can vote now. Right. <laughs> this is, well, this is crackers. And just just ready to punch anyone who thinks that women should vote. Right. Yes. No, I mean, I think that that's, that's fair. Like, obviously, once you remove yourself from, like, you're not part of this time, it was a confusing time for people in America. War is happening. Right. A lot of them are missing brothers and fathers and husbands and whatever. And right. A it, lot of them have brothers and fathers who signed up for the FBI, for the, for the Batman division. For the FBI, and then they weren't placed in the Batman division. They signed up thinking they were going to be in the Batman and division. they got said to fight Nazis. <laughs> and they were very confused. So, it's just, it's a confusing, it's just, it's hard to wrap your brain around. Do you think that Batman was already Batman and then the FBI recruited him? Or did he sign up for the FBI, like, as Batman? As I like, would like to think that the FBI would not sign up someone who was already <laughs> Batman. Think, maybe he was with the FBI He's already an agent, and he's like, hey, guys, I got this idea. Yeah. You know how I'm just, like, tracking down criminals and stuff wearing, like, a suit? I was thinking, maybe I could start dressing like a bat. Because I, I just want to, I want to have a regular life and right. be a douchebag. What if I pretended I'm not working for the FBI? Right. I just dressed like a bat, and I only worked at night at just random times. Also, not to be particular, but I am... Isn't, like, any time an FBI agent collars someone, it's federal jurisdiction, so dropping them off at a local police station would... Also, they, they, the FBI can't just run into a building and just start punching everyone. That's not... They're basically, like, police... Okay, IDK, maybe the police Trump do. 2016. You know what? You know what? I, I take that back. The police do have a tendency... Maybe not punching, but... Hey, <laughs> but see, here's a gun control thing. Yeah. Not to bring it in. No one has a gun. That's good. That's true. The only person in the series who has a gun is someone who is portrayed as a Texas farmer slash miner. Alfred has a gun at one point. Let's not get ahead oh, of ourselves. Oh, that's true. But, there is some... but it's this big. Yeah, yeah. So. I do like the idea of that as like a gun control thing. But just this world where it's just everybody's punching each other. Yeah, all where the it's time. just like police can only punch right. people. And there, there's all these like anti like punching campaigns and, and there's a mass punching. Yeah, <laughs> someone goes into like a school and just starts punching people. Right, but it's just like the bully, the right. senior class bully, just like starts punching everybody. <laughs> and there's this big uh, uh, lobbyist organization 
like the, the National Punching Association, the National Futurist mm, Association. Yes. Spreading the, the word that, look, fists don't punch people. People, people punch, punch people. people. That's true. It's, you know, fists don't punch people. <laughs> okay, so part three uh, of the series, The Mark of the Zombies. The rope continues to burn, but Batman and Linda just jump down and are just fine. It's, the rope is like eight feet off the ground. It's not that high. They, they Even were though numb. they were on a third floor hotel room. There's no consistency. This, this doesn't make any sense. I'm just sense. saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's, it's, it's shitty. It's yeah. a shitty, shitty movie. The uncle is put into a machine. The, the, the zombie machine looks like a giant hairdryer light bulb thing. And he's turned into a zombie. But not before saying uh, that he's not afraid of Dr. Daka or any other, direct quote here, squint eye. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh. Because he has the American will to fight. <laughs> Which is just some really good propaganda. It's, it's rough. Oh, God. I love the, the idea love slash hate the idea of people like leaving the theaters like all jazzed up from this like all these kids being like yeah we're not afraid of no squint eyes oh <laughs> it's like cowboys and indians but like batman and squint eyes batman and squint eyes <laughs> oh god at least they didn't name the bad guys squint eyes that's small relief to me so the zombie maker has like a big panel on it like a levers to pull yeah that's like straight up frankenstein stuff Totally Frankenstein. The actor plays Dr. Daka, or Prince Daka, whatever, ends up going on to play Frankenstein later on in his life. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like That's his last cool. role. Did not know that. So, full circle. He ended up playing a lot of uh, villains after this. You did way more research about the, the actors than I did. I stopped at, like, confirming that he was a white guy. <laughs> yes, he is white. That is all I need to know. I watched, like, ten minutes of him, like, this guy's white, right? Am I crazy? Yes. He seems very wise. Irish, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, actually, like, Irish-Irish? Irish-Irish. Yeah. That, maybe that explains why his accent He literally has, so... he, uh, actually, not to digress, but he was actually nominated for uh, two Oscars for really? Best Supporting Actor, once for playing... Not for this. <laughs> not for this, no. Uh, once for playing a hispanic man okay uh, oh god in a movie called a medal for benny in 1945 oh jesus uh he actually won a golden globe for that he was also nominated uh for playing an italian man named giuseppe in in sahara which came out in 1943 which was about i think the um anyway he makes a speech against mussolini but he literally has a quote where he's like, I'm Irish, but I guess no one ever thinks to, I'm the last person they think of when they think of an Irishman. He played every ethnicity but a white guy. Right. Yeah. There is still a problem with whitewashing in Hollywood, but not, like, the level that they take it to. Right. It is so insane. Right. This guy, nothing about him looks at all Japanese. No. You would never guess he was supposed to be Japanese if he didn't make this very clear. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal in what was that movie? Brokeback Mountain. No. Donnie Darko. No. The one where he was um, Uh, Egypt? Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia. Yes. Does not look Persian at all. No. No. 
very well. Gerard Butler, Gods of Egypt, not Egyptian. No. So. You know, maybe we haven't made that much progress. Yeah, it's kind of a downer. We're like, we're doing better, and then we're like, no, we're better. Ooh, Emma Stone playing an Asian woman. I think she's supposed to be half Asian. Emma Stone is 0% Asian. But that's half progress? It's only half racist? I think? No? I think it's all the way racist. (laughs) I think it's all the way there. They don't even dye her hair dark. She's a fucking blonde in the movie. What if she was played by, like, an Asian woman, and then, uh, would it be weird if she was played by a full Asian woman? No. And it's, no, that would not be weird. That would not be weird, no. Okay. I'm not going to fight that point. I think that's... I got nothing there. I think that's a good point. I don't want to come off as, like, the voice of, like, racism (laughs) on this podcast. No. I don't want that to be my role in this, is I'm fighting... Like, you know what? Uh, I think all actors should be white. That's my position. A little bit of tape and some foundation. You got everything you need. That's right. That's not where we're standing at on this. But, like. I think it's very clear that's not where you're standing on this. Right. I'm worried that that's where I'm. I will say that in comparison to other races of people, Mm -hmm. Asian American or just Asian actors in general, I think are very underrepresented. Like, at the Oscars this year, um, everyone was making a big deal about Oscar's so white, whatever. Right. Chris Rock was hosting. Is that correct? Was I Chris think Rock? so. That sounds right. Yes. Yeah. Um, if not, I feel really bad and racist. Uh, but he made a joke at one point that was very offensive to Asian people. Okay. And, like, everyone laughed at it. No one made a big deal about it because, like, racism against Asians, like, isn't even that bad. And it's like, okay, guys, so we put them in internment camps. Yeah. And now the only parts we'll give them are minor roles for unattractive people or who work in IT. And even then, we're having white people play a lot of their roles. And we're content making easy, cheap jokes at their expense. Well, to be fair, they are also allowed to star in Kung Fu movies. So. (laughs) All right. I, I mean... Are they, though? There's always, like, one Asian guy in a kung fu movie. And, like, that's not true. The last samurai. The last samurai well, was movie. Tom Cruise. That's not a kung fu movie. When was the last time that there was a kung fu movie that was a box office hit? Probably the Lee. 80s. That's, that can't be true. I would say Jackie early Chan 90s. Jackie Chan has got to do something. Jackie Chan had that great cartoon show. I love that That was show. really good. I would still that watch so that. Good. Yeah. I, I love that. He's got to have done something recently, right? No, I don't think so. Isn't that, uh, that one with Jennifer, Jennifer Love Hewitt, the, the tuxedo? I have not seen this movie you're referring to. Uh, what about the, I thought of a kung fu movie that was a big hit, and it's all white people. Yeah. Yeah, Kill Bill. E- yeah, even also uh, Kung Fu Panda. Well, the panda's Asian. <laughs> Isn't it voiced by, like, Jack Black? Yeah. It doesn't have an Asian voice. No. But are, are you going to argue, like, Asian voices are so different that we need uh, an Asian voice? No, but I think that if you're telling stories that are supposed to be, or allegedly from, an Asian point of view, yeah. that to have an actual Asian person yeah. 
you're also gonna not have someone like just having someone who is of that group of people in the show or in the TV show, in the movie, whatever, is gonna eliminate some of that like marginal racism that a bunch of white people writing a show won't even catch. Yeah, I, I again don't disagree. With you. I don't know why I keep painting myself into this corner. Well, just having like, a conversation, you right. have to have both sides of it. Otherwise, okay. you'd just be like, I agree, I agree, yeah. that's okay. going. I don't want to be like the racist host. No, but this. I think that it's something that gets overlooked a lot. I think that um, just generally, like, when people are talking about the rights and representation of people of color, we're making so many strides, and there's still so far to go with so many groups of people, but I feel like a group of people that are often left out of that are Asian Americans. Um, you know what's a, I didn't realize this guy was uh, Irish, but this is weird bit of synchronicity. We're not going to get this movie for a while, but uh, Batman Begins, Ra's al Ghul, uh, real, in the comic books, I almost said in real life, in the comic books, uh, Arab guy, mm-hmm. uh, movie, Liam Neeson, another And what year did that come out? 2006? Right. Yeah. That's still a problem. Still a problem. Irish people are taking all our proposals for people of color. So damned Irish people. <laughs> damned Irish people. We need to get them out of this country. <laughs> we need to build a wall around Ireland. I want to be on the inside of the wall. <laughs> on the... I loved Ireland. I visited there for like a couple of weeks. It's yeah. awesome. I... I went there when I was a kid. I loved it. It's great. Let's move to Ireland. Let's go. Maybe they'll let us play Asian people. Yeah. <laughs> Or were they? They have all the. You were played by Americans. (laughs) You know what? I bet there's been at least one sumo character played by American, and that feels almost right to me. By a sumo character? Mm -hmm. How many sumo characters can you think of of any race? I don't know. Maybe there should be more. You think there's not enough representation of sumo wrestlers? I think that sumo wrestlers are under. You know that apparently. They have like a print, like interns, apprentices, like to build their way up. Uh-huh. It's someone's job to wipe a sumo wrestler's butt because they cannot reach. Yeah, that's. And I just want them to be like, "Bidet, get up, bidet." That somebody has like put that on their resume, like 1996 through 2009. Uh, wipe this guy's butt. Literally, you were an asswipe. <laughs> but I think it's part of becoming a sumo wrestler. Like you have. To- it's like being, um... Like an intern. Or, uh, not a knight, but a... Squire. squire. It's like squiring. Or a dark knight. Or, like Batman. Or Robin. Or Robin. <laughs> there you go. Not, well, okay, that's not a bad comparison, actually. There is some, uh... In some of the comics, Robin is almost like an internship position. Yeah, he doesn't... I think especially the later we get in the movies, he stops going out with Batman so much. Yes. <laughs> that makes it sound like they're, they're dating. They're dating? Yeah. Which is... Not possible. Totally, right. It's, he certainly seems to always tag along. You know what? Maybe he's just like, I'm content at home, making, keeping house for you, playing checkers with Alfred. That's fine. That's Robin's rule. Back in the serial, uh, Cave of Horrors is shown again. We see that right. same non-mannequin in a loincloth, still very sweaty, very shifty-eyed. Mm-hmm. No explanation given. No. Do you think people... In 1943, we're wondering, like, did they pick up? Because they weren't seeing this, like, all in a row. Were they, like, sitting there and wondering, like, what the fuck is this guy? I feel like somebody had to. I feel like 
I mean, I'm sure he's just supposed to be like a guard to keep the wrong people from going into that thing. But he looks but so out of place. he's not in the right outfit at no. all. He, he doesn't... I mean, Dr. Dachau does not look Japanese. This guy, it's like, there's no effort to make him look Japanese. He's They're not even a He's 100% white. Right. He's very sweaty. He's got, like, a club There's or also, like, a kneeling guy at his feet. I didn't even notice that guy. That one might be a mannequin? He might be. It is a lonely job. Oh, yeah. Maybe he's the asswipe. Okay. <laughs> you know? Dr. Dako announces to one of the criminals he's going to blow up the supply line for some reason. And another criminal person in the newspaper that says Batman has Batman has taken out this ad in the classifieds to announce that he's found the gun, the, the radium gun. Uh, so the criminals, Eddie, uh, they, they call him up and say they're going to meet him at like 10 o'clock. They decide they're going to trick him by showing up at 9. Right. Which is just the most half-assed trick. And then Batman, it cuts to Batman saying like, I'm going to show up at 9, just in case they try and trick me. Which makes me feel like all of these people would be bad house guests. <laughs> like, if you're having a party and it starts at 5, right. don't even show up at 5. Right. If, like, Batman's going to be like, hmm, it's at 5, but I'm going to show up at 4. Right. Just so I don't miss anything. Yeah, just in case they're trying to trick me with this party. Yeah, go to fuck home, Batman. <laughs> I don't even have my makeup on yet. Uh, so... Batman sends Alfred in wearing a false beard at nine. He's sitting in this uh, office building. One of the criminals, uh, Robin's like outside. One of the criminals just jumps out and like karate chops Robin and then just runs away. And and Robin's down. Yeah, Robin's down. One karate chop and running away. Running away is such a big part of the fighting for everyone in this movie. (laughs) But yet they're not in great shape. Actually, all of the bad guys are in shape. I don't think anyone's in good shape. It's 1943. Everyone's got to be just smoking all the time. Mm-hmm. It just got to be so easily winded. Just any. This is of totally off track, uh, but I was in Sheepshead Bay the other day, yeah. walking to my boyfriend's, and um, I saw a man in a tracksuit with like a bunch of chains out for a jog sure. with a cigarette in his mouth. Still around. Just trying to cancel, mm-hmm. cancel those two things out. Cancel it out. both at the same time. It's like eating it's a, a cheeseburger on a treadmill. That's exactly right. That's how that works. Yeah. That's that's why I have this beautiful figure. I got a, a friend who, uh, his dad, uh, quit smoking. But he, he quit, like, by just switching to the, the, the nicotine gum. And, like, you think most people, they do the nicotine gum to, like, wean themselves off. He's been using the nicotine gum for, like, 20 years now. Like, there's I'm no 100% effort. sure that's bad for your teeth. It's gotta be. I don't think it's that much better than smoking. I mean, it's better because you're just, like, breaking your brain and not your lungs, but... Yeah. It just seems like it's just kind of switching one vice to the other. Yeah, it's... I mean, my boyfriend tried to quit, and he used the patches for, like, one day. He was so sick, and he was like, I think it's the patches. And I was like, I think it's the fact that you smoke a pack right. of day. But, you know. He's just, like, smoking the patch. Like, mm, I'm getting really sick from this. <laughs> no, this but it's, like, good. after saying it, I'm, like, it made you so sick and miserable and just maybe smoke less cigarettes. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. That's Chelsea's advice to all the smokers out there. Maybe smoke maybe less. Maybe just smoke less. That's Chelsea's tip for, for quitting. Uh, just don't smoke anymore. Yeah, just, uh, just not as much. And then every now and then just make more not as much. You don't smoke, do you? 
Okay. I didn't think so. No. I smoked for a little while. I haven't in a uh, year or so. How did you quit? Did you just stop? I stopped. Just mar- were you smoking like regularly or just yeah, like a social drinker uh, smoker? A little more than that, but I never have like, so I, I smoked like, at my worst, like half a pack a day. Okay. And I just kind of decided I just wasn't going to do this anymore. Also, you, you probably were living here and you were like, this is expensive. No, no, I was still in Virginia. Wow. Smoking. Well, they just give you cigarettes. Yeah, it's very cheap. Yeah. Very cheap. Uh, cigarettes there are like five bucks a pack. Yeah, so it's like 11 or 12 a pack here. Jesus Christ. Okay. So one of the criminals knocks out Robin, Batman. Oh, but Alfred tries to be like, hey, I'm going to need you to give me a description of the item <laughs> and show me some ID. Yeah, I'm going to need you to give me a description of the laser gun. Yeah. <laughs> and then a guy, then he pulls a gun on Alfred, and Alfred right. says, Oh, that looks real. <laughs> and the bad guy says, it is. And Meanwhile, just, Batman is watching from the, from the, window. the blinds. Yeah, it's not that, even the window. The window's not even closed. The window's it's open. The blinds. the blinds are there. And Batman and the, just... And the blinds are like, uh, they're those kind of blinds, like Venetian blinds or whatever, where they're like unscrewed. So he's just peeking through like the right. slats. Yeah. Sees everything that's going on. Does not try to interfere. For a long time. For a long time. Yeah. Uh, so they mug Alfred. Then it, uh Robin is now on the roof. He just fights with the criminal. Mm-hmm. Then he falls through the ceiling for some reason. Right. Into the fight. Right. And then once Robin's in there, Batman rips down the blinds and uh, jumps in and starts punching people. <laughs> There's this great moment in the play. One of the criminals just punches Alfred and then runs away. Then another criminal runs up and punches Alfred and runs away again. My favorite Alfred moment in this whole thing oh, this is, is when the he's best. under the yes. under the desk. Yes. Yes. He has a little gun. Yes. He calls. He, like, picks up the phone, and he's like, get me Scotland Yard! And the operator's like, what? And he's like, the police! Send someone! And stands up and just starts blindly shooting. He's, like, shooting wildly all over the room. With this teeny, tiny little gun. Yes. And then and the, the criminals all run away. Then there's another one of those moments where it suddenly gets so dark. Where Alfred says, uh, how many did I kill? And Batman says, seven. And Alfred says, there are only four. And Robin's like, you killed three of them twice. And Robin, or no. And he's like, where are the bodies? And and Robin says, we threw them out the window. Also, so they like, have like a brief debriefing moment. And Batman was like, Robin, where were you? And he was like, I was outside. I got knocked out. I really fell for it. Something oh, in regards to that, and all I could think of was the pun of him falling for it and then falling through the ceiling. And I was like, I don't think that was intentional at all, but I'm amused. But wasn't it? Didn't you think it was weird? Like this is basically G-rated. This is like oh yeah, ninety-five percent of this is like oh yeah. kids. And then suddenly there's this dark joke that Alfred shot seven people. Right. He killed four people twice. And like, what would have happened if they told him none? Like, would Alfred? lost it. Right. And I don't think Alfred took this as a joke. No. Alfred did not... He is not the brightest character. No. Alfred genuinely seemed to buy that he shot four of them. At three of them, he shot them twice. And then Batman and Robin just dumped the bodies out the window. I mean... They are so shitty to him. Yeah. They are not... Just... That's just... I just keep thinking about Churchill. About Churchill? Yeah, I do. 
you think this is like what FDR did to Churchill? Just I'm, like, you know what? I'm sure there were points when that's what FDR felt like Churchill was doing. Because Churchill's like, we have to ration everything. And then he's like, except for me, I'm having veal shanks every night and 20 cigars in my secret bunker. And FDR's like, fuck you, dude. I can't even walk and I'm doing a better job than you. So, like, what, what are we doing here? I don't know. You think FDR is like plain, weird, dark, practical jokes? He's just Maybe. blowing up with some Churchill shit. I could just see him like being like, "Okay, guys, if you just happen to see any cigar shops, bomb them. <laughs> We're gonna cut off the supply at the roots." He's just like <laughs> secretly giving okay. the Nazis the uh, the locations of all the cigar shops in England. Yeah, I'm not gonna say that. Roosevelt's fraternizing with the uh, Nazis, but I could see the FBI doing that. Right? The FBI. Batman. As Batman. Batman being a part of it for some reason. Uh, now we jump to a weird part. Every part of this is so weird. Right. No part of this uh, did I understand. This is another moment. I don't understand what the motivation is. They're bombing this train for some reason. What was, what was their goal? Really? I think it was like supposed to carry. Some I don't know to, to take radium away from somewhere. I'm gonna assume it was radium because that is like the only thing. Were they that... trying to steal the radium? So it seemed like they were they, they were planting this bomb on like a, a train tracks or like like a bridge. Right. So the train would have just like gone into the water. They wouldn't have been able to like steal the. No, I think they were just trying to blow up the bridge. I think it was supposed to be a test for the radium gun. Yeah. But then they were like, but we don't have the gun. Here's some dynamite. Right. So then it's not testing the gun. Also, we totally skimmed over the part with Daka where he's talking about, he's talking to his pet alligators and feeding them. Yeah, did that? I yeah. Think coming up. No, this no, is the that, first no, part. That's in, that's the next part. That's in part four. Mm-mm, this is, it's right here because he's feeding them with those tongs and then the alligators are still hungry and he's about to feed the zombies. Yeah. But then uh, the people come back from their mission so he, like, closes the alligator doors up yeah. and then gives them the dynamite to go on the thing. There's the other alligator oh, thing okay. that happens later. Okay. Maybe that's... Maybe I got this mixed up. Yeah. Okay, but this is uh, basically the end of part three. The criminals try and blow up the, the, the train, and uh, Batman and Robin come in. There's some punching. Uh, Batman gets knocked out? Yes. Batman gets knocked out, and then the criminal just runs away and just leaves him on the tracks. That's the end of part... The train is running at them. The train is running at them. That man is going to die. Every part I think Linda happen. gets kidnapped again. Probably. Because I wrote Linda always getting kidnapped. Oh, God. Every every part. Batman is about to die. Linda's been kidnapped. Right. That's just, every, that's just this whole movie. It's very circular. Ser- serious. Yes. Serial. So then we have our next one. Part four. Slaves of the Rising Sun. Robin pushes Batman off the train tracks into the water below. Also, Batman's unconscious, so this is a bad move. Yeah, that doesn't seem like you're really saving him. No, it's moment. just like, now he'll drown instead of... <laughs> get run over. Right. Do they do anything about the bomb? I don't... I think I missed what happened with the bomb. I guess they disarmed it? Uh, I think they just threw it in the water. It didn't seem to go off. No. Maybe they hadn't set it up yet because Batman and Robin showed up. So they did something kind of right. I don't know. I, I guess. Um, so at Dr. Dachau's place, uh, one of the criminals announces he's quitting. Uh, so Dachau 
seizes the uh, six the, the zombies at him and he shoots the zombies and as he's leaving he steps over the, the trap door to Dakar's alligator pit Dakar hits the button he drops down and gets eaten by alligators which was whoa up to this point Dakar's like clean hands right nothing and nothing really violent has happened right um, the guy, uh, Mr. Foster, who was leaving, asks Daka some question and says to him, like, like, blah, 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 like some kind of answer will fix the color of your skin. Oh, Jesus. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Yeah. Which almost makes you feel like, yeah, drop him in the alligator pit. Our grandparents bitch. saw this movie and were like, yep, that sounds right. Yeah! That's, that's a totally reasonable thing to say to an Asian person. Hey, at this point, we've rounded everyone up and put them in internment camps, so are we any better than <laughs> I this? I would like to think that when he said, maybe that'll fix the color of his skin, he meant, you are clearly not an Asian person. <laughs> You're just clearly a white Stop person. pretending to be Japanese. You're we not see fooling through. anyone. You're fake. It's like, uh, did you ever meet, or not me, did you ever read uh, Black Like Me? No, actually. It's, uh, it's this book about this journalist in like the 40s or early 50s who goes to the South and he's a white guy and he uh, pretends to be black to do this report on what it's like to be a black person in, in 1950s America. And because only a white man can tell you what it's like <laughs> yes. to be a black man in 1950s America. Exactly. Yes. And uh, he experiences all kinds of prejudice and, and all this. And, uh, but then you read it, and his description of, like, how he made himself look black was just like, I just covered myself in shoe polish and just walked around. And your party's like, how much of this was, like, discrimination and how much of it is people being like, why is that guy dressed, just wearing shoe polish all over his face? Yeah. Let's not talk to him. That's weird. Also, maybe shoe polish is different then, but I have never, ever, in my life, seen a shoe polish and thought, this should go on my face to not be a white person. What have you thought, this should go on my face to not be a white person? I don't know. There was a long time in the early 2000s where Americans, especially women, were like, this is orange. It'll make me look tan. <laughs> like rubbing creamsicles on their faces and like Cheetos. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. I just can't imagine. Did you ever do that? Like the fake tanning? No. Tanning beds or anything like that? Nah, no, I uh, wear sunscreen every day even though you can basically see through my skin. Very white. Both, both of us are very, very white. Very, very white, yeah. I had, there's this girl I knew in high school who I was like super into her but she was also like going to tanning beds like all the time. And I was always just like, you look so good naturally. And this is just making you look so much worse and also giving you cancer. There was a why, girl. Why are you doing this to yourself? I went to school with a girl, and I'm going to call her Bailey Tharp. Uh, that is not her real name. Okay. Uh, it it does not. I would not have thought that was It is similar name. to her real name, but it's not. Uh, and she went tanning every single day. Like, she looked like the oranges brownish color. She looked like those bodybuilders when they do all the goop and stuff. And she had 
platinum white blonde hair. Yeah. It was very natural and understated. We were in computer lab one day, and we were like, Kay Bailey, you know that's going to kill you, right? And she was like, I would rather be tan and dead than pale and alive. So flash forward like two or three years. It's our the sophomore year of high school. She gets ringworm from a tanning bed and has to stop going for a while. So then she gets pale but has visible ringworm. So we're like, oh, maybe she learned a lesson. Nope. Went right back to the tanning beds as soon as she could. So there you go. I don't know about you, but for me, like, the, the less effort, like, any kind of effort someone puts into their appearance, like, any kind of plastic surgery looks weird, fake tanning looks weird, but, like, the less effort a woman puts into her physical appearance, the more attractive I am. Yeah. There's nothing hotter to me than just, like, a girl in, like, sweatpants who just doesn't give a fuck about, my, my ex-girlfriend would always, like, wear, like, all these, like, really nice clothes and dresses and stuff, and just, like... Sometimes I feel like you are more into me when I'm just not, I'm just like lounging around the house and like no bra and just sweatpants. Like, yeah, that's way hotter. You're like, yes, that's yeah. accurate. Yeah. When you wear like a really nice dress, you're doing that like for you. Right. That's not, that's that's not true. for me. That is absolutely yeah. true. I think as a girl, I can 100% appreciate that. I am incredibly lazy and uh, my boyfriend is hopefully the same way because <laughs> I am not, I think I've shaved my legs like twice since we started dating. Jesus Christ. How long have you been dating this guy? Three months. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, you know, who so cares? All, been all, okay, I guess. Yeah. Huh, I thought it was longer than that. Nope, three months. Huh. Of officially, like, dating. Um, the podcast people can't see. Chelsea made the weirdest face. Yeah. Dating. Very pretty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so he's the same way. He also does not shave his legs. How many times has he shaved his legs since we've been together? Since we've been together, zero times. Um, he does like to pluck his eyebrows sometimes. Oh, yeah? He hates it. They look so nice when they do it. I hate when girls do anything like that to me. I, I used to have this girl who, this girlfriend who I was really into, like popping zits and shit. And she would just get. Are we. Wait. That's me. I thought you were high fiving. Oh, that's so gross. It was so weird and gross. I hated that. <laughs> You're like, leave them be. Yeah, yeah. They are part of me. <laughs> well, no, I just didn't. It felt like so unsexy. I didn't want to be a part of it. Like, I felt like I should be grossing her out. She should be grossed out by doing this. And I didn't want her to see me in this like gross way. I feel like there's like a point in a relationship where, for me, like the grossness is equated with like an intimacy. Yeah. Where it's like, literally at this point could do nothing to gross me out. And that's like a safe space. I did some pretty gross things with her. There, there was this moment, I still have this giant scar on my back, because uh, I had this huge boil, and I got her to just dig that out with an exacto knife. And yeah, <laughs> it looked really, really nasty. You want to yeah, see? Yeah, I do. Okay. Holy shit! Yeah. It's like... Alright, for those of you who can't see, it's about the size of a nickel. Yeah. Um, like a, right behind his left shoulder. It's super gross. It's not that gross, but I like, like as a boil, I can't imagine. Oh, it was massive. It looked like I had a nickel on my back. I bet it hurt, back. too. Oh, like, it hurt so bad. But you'd like lean against it all the time with chairs and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And it was like super red and like swollen, like sticking out. It really looked like I had a nipple on my back. 
Yeah, so did she break up with you after she popped it, or was that like a, a relationship strengthening thing? I don't know. That At that point, it was, um, I think I broke up with her. It was kind of a weird situation. You were like, we can't go back from this. I need, I need to end this. <laughs> that was, we went, we broke up and got back together so many times. Oh. And like at that point, it was, we weren't officially together, we were just kind of hooking up. And the foil wasn't enough to keep her? No, no. The foil the, the was, uh, was not enough to keep I kind of made the decision, though, that I'm done with this. After she started dating somebody else. Oh. So, yeah. Well, that's a common thread right. in stories of your dating life, from yeah. what I've heard so far. Yeah, that's, that's not an uncommon. I have unironically said the phrase... Yes, she cheated on me, but there were extenuating circumstances <laughs> to, to justify getting back with, with the next, with, with that ex, actually, with that, that one. Wow. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Sometimes your dating brain is like Batman. Yeah. I gotta tell you, getting back to this, the, the Batman. <laughs> to the Batman. <laughs> right. Uh, where were we? I have no idea. Oh, okay, so here we are. So, Linda gets a call, and she's told to go to a fortune teller's place by herself. Yes. And even though the last few times she's gone somewhere by herself and did poorly, she's like, I'm going to go. And Bruce Wayne is like, no, you don't have any right to be going to such an awful neighborhood. That's a direct quote. Yeah. And they say something about they're going to go to a polo match. Yeah. Because in case we forgot, they were white. Right. Yeah. And very rich. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, there's another instance of racism here. Yes. They go to a Swami. Swami Dodge. Who is also super white. Uh, Swami says he can't see them without an appointment, so Batman just punches him in the face and steals his clothes. Which is what I always do when I can't get in at the doctor. Right. Just just punch the doctor and take his clothes. Yeah. I'm the doctor now. I am the doctor. Swami Dar, Hindu mystic. Oh, God. Were there just no actors available who weren't white? There had to be. There had to be. But it wasn't there also like a list at that time of people who were like start it was like the beginning of that whole red Do you scare think thing. All people of color were communists? I mean, according to most of American politics at the time, all people of color were bad. Well, yeah, okay. So it just feels like they they included all these other races in this and Made no effort to, to not even one. Uh, so Batman, it's literally just like a white guy with Marx Brothers eyebrows and yeah. in a turban. Yeah. So Batman gets a call from Batman dressed as the Swami. Gets a call from Doctor who says, uh, and then he, and then after he hangs up the, the phone, he says, uh, "That was a strange voice." Yeah. Which uh, I felt actually made sense considering this is a. Irish guy doing a very bad Japanese accent. Right. I totally agree with Batman. Right. So, Batman, dressed as a Swami, Linda comes in for her appointment, and he is just sitting there covering his face. Yeah. He's like, he turns out all the lights and just covers his face. You're in danger. You have to leave. And she's like, what? So she tries to leave because she's not entirely stupid. Yeah. Gets kidnapped. Get, gets kidnapped. 
before she's even left the store. Like, right. That incident right there. She walks like two and a half feet. Has she not walks behind the door. one curtain. Yeah. Yeah. And she gets kidnapped. At this time, Robin is posted outside with the police off, with Alfred, uh, waiting so that they can take Linda to safety. Yes. Uh, and Batman comes out and he's like, where's Linda? And Robin's like, she never came out. Uh, Batman gets into a car chase with an armored car that it's got radium or something. I, I, this is one of those points where I kind of tuned out. Yeah, you get lost a little bit. I guess he's got the radium gun. He just blasts his way in. Uh, he just kind of blasts like a perfect hole into the, the cab of the armored car. Right. Just kind of pokes his head in. And then he just walks across the car and just punches out the, the driver for some reason. And the car goes over a cliff. I wrote for this, this part appears to be very challenging. Challenging to film? I think. To Batman? Yeah, for the stunt work at least, because it's like the most... As the stunts go, I guess this was fine. Everything about the radium plot is just so boring, and I just was not following. I wonder if today, if it would be like the equivalent of like nuclear codes. Yeah, I guess it's comparable. I don't know. I'm trying to make it something I care about. I just was not convinced that this radium gun is that dangerous, that it's that much of a threat. No. It's a very bad one. Yeah. Um, so, so that the, is the end of Serial 4. Right. Every every part of this ends with Batman apparently dead or in some kind of danger. Right. So this ends with Batman going over a cliff. Uh, part 5, The Living Corpse of Batman. Batman is revealed to have jumped out of the car at the last second before it went off the cliff. It just feels like such a cop-out. Yeah, I mean, Batman can't die. Batman can't die. Uh, I mean, he can't die, but that just feels like there's... I don't know, I feel like there's just no effort if you... He, you saw him go over a cliff, and it's like, oh, actually, he didn't go over the cliff. It's like, well, then you just kind of lied to the audience. Right. I feel like if I were watching this every week, I'd be like... No. By episode five, I would be like, no, he's not really dead. Right. You've done this four times now. Yeah. You're not getting anything past me. Right. I understand having, like, a cliffhanger, but, like... That was literally a cliffhanger. (laughs) This was, was, because he goes crashing off of a cliff. So. But, uh, you know where that term came from? What? Uh, Sherlock Holmes. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. He he was, like, literally hanging off a cliff. Right. Because, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle hated the character... Wanted to get rid of him. Right. But had to get thrown off the cliff. And then he was so popular, he had to bring him back. But, uh, he was actually hanging off the edge of the cliff. So right. That's a bitch. Yeah. They should have let him die. It would have been more interesting. Yeah. It would have been a better end for the character. Right. So, Batman's safe. Everybody, uh, like, rolls up on him. Yeah. And they're like, Batman, you okay? He's like, yeah, I did a good job. The car went down the cliff and not me. Right. Daku talks with a white guy who's pretend- another white guy who's pretending to be Japanese. Right. Is at least pretending to do Japanese accent. Right. Which is better? Is it? Like, it's closer, but it's more racist, so... Yeah. It's tricky. Is it better to do a racist interpretation of something if you're closer to it and you're trying to actually represent what the people are? I 
I don't know. I don't know. Is it better to be good at being racist or to be a bad person, a bad racist who believes racist things? Look, if I did a a movie where I was playing a character named Tyrone and I was all in blackface and then my whole character's like, Hey guys, I love fried chicken. Would that be more or less racist? I don't know, but it would probably be really funny. (laughs) Like... Oh, I forgot about the blackface. No, that wouldn't be funny. Damn. Okay. What if we just did it as like a podcast and it was just me like playing a black character, but doing it in that voice? Would that be more or less racist than doing it with like a more authentic black voice? I'm just going to say, I don't know. Cause there's so many like stereotypical black voices. Like it would be worse if you did it with like a stupid black voice like that whole like 1950s thing of like oh I don't know anything and I am a un- an unintelligent black person which... forget even that forget even like the, the unintelligent thing say I did like if you sounded like Denzel Washington yeah or say like I did a, a black character and I didn't change my voice at all I just sounded exactly like I sound would that be more or less racist I think that would be less racist you think so I think that would be less racist because you're not know. trying to trick anybody. I That's guess. like if you're reading a kid's book and you're not good at voices and you're reading the part of a British woman uh-huh. and you just say like, Madam Flufflybutt says blah, blah, blah. Like that. We are not qualified to talk about this. No, we're very, very unqualified we to talk about most things. extremely white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very white. So white. I I did, though, because technically I'm an eighth Cherokee. Oh. um, Which is enough for, like, tribal status membership, and I'm, like, in the process of doing that and trying to learn Cherokee. But, like, um, I did end up getting offered um, minority scholarships when I went to college. Mm -hmm. I didn't take them because I'm a white lady. Right. And that felt super bad and wrong. You go around on, like, Columbus Day, like, hey, guys, this is actually very offensive to my people. And they're so. like, wait, what are you, like, Portuguese? <laughs> and you're like, no, I'm Cherokee. This is actually very offensive to one-eighth of my people. Yeah. So. I did a genetic test, and turns out I am 100% white. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all surprising. No. Mm-mm. I'm, like, 97% Western European. Right. 3% Eastern European. And there's, like, a 3% margin of error. So, wow. Yeah. That's really white. Very white. Yeah. I'm I'm mostly very white. Um, my dad's side of the family is very strongly Cherokee. Like, my grandmother, we don't know if she's full-blooded or almost full-blooded, but, like, she has no body hair. Uh-huh. She's very... T- my dad tans to a point that is, like, frightening. He's always brown. Um, and, like, my great-grandfather was full-blooded and whatever, but I'm like, I'm an ape. Look how white I am. Ah, the sun, it um, so mostly just white, yeah. The Irish part is really strong. I would totally be bringing that up all the time. Yeah. If I, I um, when I took that genetic test, it said that I was like less than one percent Russian, possibly. And everyone in my job is Russian, so I'm constantly bringing up like, you know what? I'm pretty much one of you. So like, as a Russian person, <laughs> this is yeah. uh, as a Russian person, I love borscht. Borscht which is, is good. Russian. Yeah. Is that Russian? 
I know a lot about Russian food. Yeah. As someone who may be less than 1% Russian. Yes. Moving Corpse of Batman. Ooh. So, uh, Dr. Daka's talking to the people. Yes. This is a thing I think is funny. Every time he talks to someone who's an associate with Hirohito, the way they say goodbye is by yes. saying yes. Banzai. Yes. I noticed that, too. That'd be like if you had black characters and the way they said goodbye was like chicken and waffles. <laughs> That really stuck out to me, too. I wrote in my notes, that is not how Japanese people end conversations. No, it's just a random Japanese word. Yes. Like, I wish it had been, like, samurai or geisha. Geisha would have been cool. I worked at a company for a long time where it was primarily Japanese people. Uh, it sounds like a weird brag that I'm doing. Where every company I work for is, like, primarily one group. I've of, got friends in yeah. all ethnic groups. <laughs> just... Mostly just Russian and Japanese. It's a weird thing. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, they never said bonsai to me. Never? Never said that. Did you give anyone a bonsai tree when you left? I did not. Maybe that's the problem. That's, they didn't accept your friendship. But that is just not a thing Japanese people just shout. No. For no reason. No. I feel like if we made this now and we like, were like, we're making plans for Emperor Hirohito. Yes, the plans have been made. Toyota, hang up the phone. <laughs> that's exactly what it that's is. That's like, yeah. That's exactly what it is. So after that conversation, Batman gets a coded message, yes. which Alfred almost threw out, because he yes. said something about the stamps being wrong? He's, Batman just, <laughs> just says, like, uh, you got some nail? I'm just going to throw it away. I think it's junk, <laughs> just for no reason. And um, uh, Batman <laughs> just says... I thought I told you not to throw away my mail. Which I, I love the idea that this is like a recurring problem. Alfred's <laughs> <laughs> just throwing away all the mail. Alfred's like, don't want to deal with it. Yes. Nope, nope, nope. Ooh, AARP card. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. That's it. That's all he keeps. Maybe Alfred, maybe he deserves some of the shit that he gets. Right. He's that bad as a butler. He is a bad butler. Yeah. Why is he just throwing away all the mail? Also, did you notice that the, the mail is addressed to a L.A. address? I did not notice yeah. that. So Batman does not live in Gotham with this. He lives in L.A. That was a very poor oversight. Yeah. It's like they just never read a Batman comic before no. they made this movie. They're like, the Batman. Yeah. All right, let's mix something with Japanese people looking bad. I also noticed, I don't know why this stuck out here, but Robin's hair is so big. Yeah, I noticed that a lot. It was very, um... He's like a big Jufro. Exactly. I wanted to say it was very Jewy, but just didn't. It was. Yeah. Looks like someone had brushed out, like, the bar mitzvah kid's hair. He looks kind of like, uh, like Woody Guthrie. Yeah, I could see that. So he gets a coded message from Washington. Yeah, and it seems that goes on way too long. Because it's just a blank note. And Alfred, at this point, is like, Ha ha, Batman, I was right. I should have just thrown it away. It is one of those piece of junk mail where someone just sent you a black It was a prank mail. Yes. And Batman's like, Alfred, I hate you. Why do I employ you here? You are the worst butler ever. Uh, Batman reveals the junk mail to be a code written in invisible ink. Through, like, he has a whole chemistry lab. Yes. That's not inside his cave. No, it's not clear where it is. It's just in the house. And we haven't mentioned this, but there's a bunch of just really brief scenes where Batman and Robin are just in some kind of lab coats and have, like, goggles on for yeah. no reason. 
and I just didn't even bother bringing it up because they, they go nowhere. They have nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. They're just, just, I think they're just trying to establish, like, yeah, they know science. Yeah, but they just, imagine those have been sprinkled around throughout this whole thing. <laughs> so they uh, decode the letter. Yes. And it says something about a plane at Lockwood. Yes. Or a Lockwood plane. Something, I, I don't know, I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> but it's like a, secret, a new kind of engine that they were like, someone's going to come steal it. Batman, you should come protect this plane. Right, that's right. I think I was pretty drunk when I was watching that part, so I missed, I missed that part. Um, I should have watched them drunk, but I would have just fallen asleep over and over. It reached a point where I just like, couldn't take. Yeah. I, tr- I was trying to watch like one a day to get through them, mm-hmm. and they got to like Friday, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I gotta watch like five more of these. I yeah. I did them all at once. I watched all of them yesterday, and it was I'm sorry. a long haul. That's it was all right. It was, you know, it was good, though, because I needed to go run, and normally I'm like, I'll just lay here. And after that, I was like, yeah, I really need to go run. Like, I need to not be here. Dr. Daku, the criminals bring in a corpse of a Japanese soldier into the lab. Dr. Daku hooks it up to some electrodes and brings him back to life. The soldier relays a secret message and then dies. Quick thing. I wrote, is this an actual Asian person? Because it was the closest to an Asian person we've seen so far. He was the one guy who I think may have been Asian. Maybe Asian. He very well might have been. Right. So he delivers the message. That seems like the worst way to to relay a secret message. Exactly. Uh, And then he said, um, they were like, what do we do with the body? With the guy now? He's like, guys, mission is completed. He's happy to die. So this is basically like kamikaze text messaging. Yes. And the guy didn't even give him the full message. He just says, like, I've got a, he wakes up and says, like, I've got a secret message for you. It's on this coded thing. Like hands Hirohito, Hirohito, Bonsai. Bonsai, and then just dies. Dead. Yeah, again. Why, why did you need no to idea. even bring him back to life to just say, here's the thing? No idea. Just, why? That's an insane feat to bring someone back from the dead for two minutes for no purpose. Yeah, to suspend an animation. Right. What he said. Also, they had to get the, co- the casket from Japan. Yeah. And Which I guess if they're in L.A. isn't that bad. But you had to smuggle it into the U.S. Right. It feels like that would be incredibly difficult mid-World War II. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we got to start wrapping things up pretty soon. Let's go quickly through the process. I have no idea how long we've been recording. I do not know how to read this. Uh, it feels like a lot. Looks like probably for two and a half hours. So we're just going to go fast. Two non-criminals go into the tunnel of horrors on the ride, and the car... They is, are. They work for the um, airport. Yes, they're, they're like mechanics for the airport. And they get stuck at the secret entrance. Dr. Daku uh, walks out wearing a kimono and invites them in, and they're turned into zombies. Yes. There was also a line where they were talking about Dr. Daku. They think he's part of the Tunnel of Horrors, and they said uh, that his makeup is really good, but his accent needs work. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love because... His accent needs a it lot needs of work. It needs work, yeah. Even they realize this does not sound like a Japanese accent. Shit, man, that's crazy. So then uh, the zombies, they are now, Yes. Uh, go to the air base. Uh, Batman and Robin go to the airfield. Uh, zombies punch their way in and steal the plane. Batman sneaks in, and he was playing on stealing the plane for some reason. I guess the note told him. Protect it, yeah. Uh, the army... The plane takes off, piloted by the zombies. Batman starts trying to punch out the zombies while they're flying. Uh, then the army tries to shoot down the plane. 
And that's which the they of, do. Which they, they do. That's the end of part five. Part six. The poisonous peril. The plane is shot down, and Batman drags the zombies from the wreckage, then runs into the woods. More running. More running away. Yes. A Japanese... I, I was confused about this part, because what I thought I saw did not match up with something that they say happened later, but I thought that a Japanese sub blew up an American boat. So they were trying to take the plane, I think, to blow up the American submarine. Yeah. And then I guess they didn't, so then another Japanese plane had to do it. But the American boat was blown up, right? I think so, yes. Okay, so that's... I think that was their first like, successful thing they did as part of the New Order. Okay, so let's just put a pin in that. Say the American boat was blown up. We're going to come back to that in a moment. Right. We're going to come back to that right now, actually. The, the criminals bring Daku a newspaper that says a destroyer sunk a Japanese sub and there were no survivors. Which is not what I saw happen. Right. I didn't understand what... I, I'm very confused as well. Then um, he blames Batman for blowing up the sub. Right. And based on no evidence, he decides that Batman is interested in Linda... But scoffs when someone suggests Batman and Bruce Wayne might be the same person. So he sends one of his criminals to pretend to be a telephone repairman and install a recording device in Linda's house. Right. Yes. And then we get a new character, Mr. Colton, yes. who has a radium mine. Yes. That he's just found and he owns it. Yes. And the Japanese guys try to beat him up for it. Right. Well, before that... Um, he shows up at Linda's house. Oh, that's right. And she's talking with him, and he uh, is just talking to her, and then Batman and Robin show up, and he's talking to them, and he, like, goes out of their way, his way to tell them exactly where it is. Well, he says, hey, Linda, grab that map. So yes. Linda goes over, and, like, she's never picked up paper before. <laughs> right. Like, tries to pick it up, and it just basically throws it all in the air. Right. She's like, oh, I'm klutz. So Robin, because he knows he's a servant, has right. to go over and, like, clean it up and finds the bug. Right. I just thought it was so weird that he's, like, so eager to be like, hey, let me tell you where this mine is. And, like, that's fine. He's like, no, no, let me get a map and give you the exact longitude latitude of this mine. That's true, because everyone was like, we don't think you should do that. And right. he was like, no, 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 I want you to know it's real. <laughs> like, really? no, we believe you. No, no, you must, I right. must tell you exactly where this, he made a big deal, like, he hasn't, he, he hasn't, like, officially owned this mine or something, he hasn't filed, like, a claim. He's got, like, the paperwork, but he ha it hasn't been processed or something. He's right. got to do that right. before he can make money off of it. Uh, so Robin climbs under the desk, finds the listening device, and disables it. Then back at the, whatever the guy's name was, the radio mine, criminals ambush him. And, uh, in his hotel room. In his hotel room, yeah. Um, Batman and Robin show up for some reason, and then they climb very slowly down the fire escape. Um, there's a memorable line following this fight uh, where Batman tells Robin to get the makeup kit. Yes. Uh, and then they turn Alfred into a pretend version of Mr. Colton. Yes. To try to trick the bad guys. Right. Which works until one of them's like, I'm going to torture you by pulling on your beard. Yes. And it pulls off half of his beard. Right. Uh, that's... Then there's more fighting. Bit, there's just nothing interesting to happen. No. We can just skip over that. There's this one moment in the fight where a criminal 
Batman is like directly below a shelf, and a criminal just like jumps up and grabs the shelf, and like it falls down on top of Batman's head. Which is just such a weird. Yeah. The fight choreography is just so bad. Well, they end up blowing up the place they're at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As they're showing Alfred pretending to be Mr. Colton around this place, they just mention like, "Oh, by the way, there's a giant vat of acid over there with no railing or cover." Right. Just uh, don't fall into that because you would die. And then just somebody shoots a hole in it in this fight, and uh, they knock over some wires. Everything collapses. Alfred gets trapped under some things, and he's like, "Oh man, I'm lucky. There's just an arch here." Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a huge explosion, and then that's the end of part six. Part seven, phony doctor Batman. Batman just explodes. I will say, this title is the first one where you're really like, oh, this comes into play later on. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of these titles just... Don't. Yeah. But this is like, of all the, the times that it seemed like Batman was dead, and then it turns out he was okay, I felt like this was the laziest of them all. Because Batman's in this big explosion from the factory when the acid hit the wires. Right. And then in the next one, Batman is just under a bunch of rubble. He's like, oh, yeah, the rubble formed by an arch, so I'm okay. Yeah. And <laughs> They're like, wow, that was lucky. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Batman calls the, the radio guy and tells them that uh, this, this was a trap, so people are after him. And So he straps up. Yeah. He takes out a bunch of guns. Oh, so many. Up his sleeve, on his pant leg, like... A lot of guns. Yeah. And uh, there's this doctor who's, like, come to to see that he's okay. Dr. Uh, Frank. Dr. Frank. He sends him away, and then this other doctor immediately shows up. It's the same doctor. It's the same doctor. It's the same doctor. So Dr. Frank shows up, and Colton's, like, on his guard, and he's like... Uh, no, you're a bad guy. You're going to try and kill me. And Dr. Frank was like, I was sent by Linda. Like, you seem no, like you're in one, good health. Let me doctor, give you a checkup. There's one doctor who was there before, like, who helped him, like, strap up. Oh, there was a nurse. It a was nurse. a nurse. Oh, a nurse. Okay. There was a nurse there that was watching him. Dr. Colt was like, do I look like I need a nurse? And the nurse was like, bye. Right. So then the doctor shows up. Yes. I thought it was progressive that they had a male nurse. Yeah, that's, I'm sure. Progressive. For, well, the, for the time? I think so. I think it's progressive, but part of me is like they were also like taking roles away from like women. Like there's right. one woman there's in no a movie is enough. There's no fading in this robe, so right. none of that for women. Right. Um, Can't have too many women in a movie. <laughs> Who comes see that? Right. Ghostbusters, go see it. <laughs> um, this character's not going to get kidnapped. No reason to, <laughs> no, to make it a date. Why waste a woman's time? Yeah. Um, so then the doctor comes in, and, doc- and Mr. Colton's like, "You're going to try to kill me," and the doctor's like, "No, I'm not. Let me give you a checkup." Yeah. And then he, like, knocks him unconscious. There's a weird line where he says, like, okay, you can give me a checkup as long as you don't give me any pills. Yeah. And then the doctor, he just, like, sits down, and the doctor just, like, shoves a pill in his mouth. Yeah. And, like, puts an ether rag over his face or right. something. It was very weird. Yeah. It didn't a, like it. No. It didn't uh, make any sense. Oh, there's also there's this horrible line where um, the, the doctor said he was sent by Linda and uh, Mr. whatever his name is. It's just, he says that women are strange creatures, always worried about a man's health. Yep. There are some really good lines like that just throughout. Right. Yeah, you're like, wow, women, we're strange. Always Doctors. Always <laughs> jumped and beat up by a bunch of guys. Always concerned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so then Batman and Robin show up. Too late. Wah, wah. Yeah. All they find is the linen rag. 
And Batman's like, take it anyway. And Robin's like, you can't get fingerprints off of linen. Right. And Batman's like, maybe we can get something else off of it. Mr. Colton has been uh, taken away by some criminals pretending to be EMTs. Oh, they took him in an ambulance. Yes. Which I was like, that's a pretty smooth move. Yeah, that was actually like a good plan. Man. Yeah. Um, uh, my next note says, Batman does a lot of science. Yes. Yeah, they're back in the lab with the, the lab coats and the goggles. They look at the rag under a microscope and see... A Japanese laundry mark? Yeah. Whatever that is. I... It's a literal watermark, maybe? I guess. I don't, I don't really get things dry clean, but they don't put, like, a mark. No. Nope. nope. They do not. I will say, when I worked in restaurants, uh, sometimes they would have, like, because everything comes packaged together, so they would have certain kinds of things that they wash for, like, restaurants. Uh-huh. But nothing. It's just, like, some Japanese characters on this rag. Yeah, no, it's not like that. That's and uh, Robin is, like, really skeptical and incredulous of this. But, like, for the weirdest reason. He just says, like, I never heard of a Japanese laundry. Yeah. Like, come on. All the laundry mats are Chinese. Something <laughs> ridiculous. Or, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Chinese. Yeah. And Batman assures him, like, no, no, there is one Japanese laundry mat. I happen to know where it is. Yeah. There's Let's one Japanese there. laundromat in all of Los Angeles, which is where we are. And now we're going there. Yes. Daku has a zombie strangle Mr. Colton, and then he threatens to, uh, but not like all the way, just kind of to... Just like to be like, look how powerful I am. Yeah. He threatens to turn him into a zombie himself if he doesn't show him where the mine is. Mr. Colton threat, uh, pulls a gun on Daku and holds him hostage as he tries to escape, but then the sweaty loincloth guys... Hits him over the head with a club. There you go. That's we purpose, solved the mystery. I guess. The security. The secure, that's the weirdest form of security, though. Right. Are people supposed to think that he's a mannequin? I think so. The sweatiness doesn't help. But he doesn't look like a mannequin. No, he doesn't. He's very clearly a guy. He doesn't look like he's supposed to be Japanese, either. All the mannequins are Japanese. Right. It's very poorly done. We should write a letter to the editor. They all <laughs> So, then from there... Batman and Robin and bad guys are at the laundry service? Yeah, they go to this warehouse, and uh, Robin suggests uh, that they they go over this fence, and Batman's like, no, no, the roof will be easier. So they go through a skylight and just start punching everyone. Uh, Criminals dump Batman down an elevator shaft and lower the elevator, which has spikes on the bottom for some reason. Yeah, I thought that was weird. That was weird. Mm -hmm. Didn't like that. I was like, that's not accurate. Uh, and that's actually where this cuts off. Yeah, I think this is a good place to stop. We've been recording for quite a while, so I guess we can take from part eight. Eight on. on. Probably, we might have to break it into three. We might have to break it into three. We might do this part we recorded as a two-parter. I think we should. No one yeah. wants to listen to anything this long. This is this ended up being a lot longer. A than lot. There's a lot to cover. I think yeah. there will be less as we go on. I think so. And I think most of the movies we're doing in the future have less to, to talk about. Right. But this was like three hours of movie. So we've been recording for like, a, I think about two hours. I, th- I think I'm going to break this into two parts. I think we should, yeah. yeah. This is going to end up being like a three to four part thing. Perfect. Uh, so yeah, this is this has been Danny and Chelsea for Na 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 Podcast. Chelsea, do you have anything you want to plug? Any stuff um, on Twitter? I would just say uh, tune in next week to find out what happens to Batman if he gets smushed by the elevator. Yes. And uh, follow me on Twitter at Danny Rathbun. 
by the time this comes out, I'm sure we'll have some kind of uh, Facebook or Twitter for or both, or both for the, the podcast. So check us out there. You can follow me at um, Amalfi Broad on Twitter. Uh, it's also my Instagram if you want to do that too. That's cool. All right. So bye. Bye.